You're listening to the Nightwork Pod. I'm Julius Caesar Macquarie and I'm an anthropologist. Nightwork Pod focuses on night workers and the lives they lead, awake and alert at night whilst the majority sleep. Welcome to uh, this new episode. Uh, this is um, a talk that I gave to a research event on migration to, from, within Central and Eastern Europe. And the aim of the workshop was to explore recent developments in decolonial thinking on Central and Eastern Europe with a focus on migration, particularly across race, gender, sexuality, and class. My presentation is um, centered on the experience of a platforming woman offering alternative transport services with Bolt, a digital platform labor in Romania. S tells me, I picked up one male customer today and I gave him my usual hello. He says, do we know each other? No, I say, but that's how I start my ride, greeting everyone. He says, I thought you might know me because I'm also a Bolt driver. Ride hailer, rented driver, platform or gig worker or individual contractor are just a few labels for the females and males drivers like S who are being rented by customers traveling from A to B. Bolt, Uber or FreeNow are digital platforms and transport operators in Romania which in a very short time have become entrenched in today's Romanian gig economy, especially since the COVID-19 pandemic. Gig sharing economy or platform capitalism is not unique to Romania or CE, but a worldwide phenomenon that promised much and offered very little for the workers managed by algorithms, especially for platforming women. And if you thought that the so-called sharing economy and the promises made by for bringing about a new way to work were kept, then think again. The venture capitalist progenitors of the sharing economy or platform capitalism, as it is also referred subsequently, hijacked its potential. That is, platform workers to oversee their own time and work without bosses. As I said, today's talk is centered on the experiences of a woman who offers this alternative transport service in northwestern Romania. And now I'd like to um, take you through the talk structure. And for those listeners out there who cannot see the presentation, but if you are curious uh, to, to see it, you can find it on ArcGIS Story Maps. And there's a link um, provided in the description. This talk is centered and it draws on the project that I recently embarked with New Europe College in Bucharest, Romania. It's a project on inequalities um, in Romanian siliconized cities. And um, this new research territory for me, as, as uh, perhaps um, listeners would be um, curious to know, why uh, in, in the Nightwork pod uh, we have this, this episode, this talk on inequalities in Romanian siliconized cities? Well, one reason is because it builds on my previous work with migrant night workers in London, and it develops in a direction which I haven't anticipated, but the core of the project will remain to do night ethnography and inquire um, and explore uh, how much of the migrant segment is involved in, in producing this kind of um, digital platform work in Romanian siliconized cities. 
So it builds on my previous work in capitalism and manual labor in the UK, especially on my analysis of the mechanisms of destruction of the bodies working at night. There are many intricate aspects of this new piece of research that I have yet to explore and analyze before I can make any definite statements on the argument that I put forward in this talk. Let's start with Romania as, as um, not an exceptional player in I, information and technology and communication, uh, but an important player in Central and Eastern Europe. While not an exceptional player, as I said, lagging after the Czech Republic, Romania is nonetheless an important player leading ahead of Poland, Bulgaria and Croatia in terms of productivity and size of the sector. Besides, Romania celebrates its IT sector as the darling of the economy ahead of other sectors, which has been more productive in 2020 during the pandemic than in the previous years. So I approached the Romanian IT sector as part of this large and unequal labor system where one is celebrated and the rest remain invisible. The aims is to investigate the Romanian IT uh, sector and the labor that relies on the multi multiplication of underpaid precarious labor and platform work via support services of transport of persons and food delivery. Recent studies focus on the IT sector's growth and digital platforms algorithmic management systems. However, to my knowledge, few studies look at this type of labor as part of a system where poorly paid and dispossessed laborers perform in supporting services and support jobs that make IT workers or digital nomads work possible. My Envision research participants will include manual workers in IT&C, software companies, call centers, security and cleaning staff, outsourced or not, digital platform workers in alternative transport like ball drivers or food delivery like those for Glovo and Panda in Romania or Deliveroo in the UK. The preliminary research questions um, will um, inquire who is more likely forced into such work um, and what types of inequalities do they experience. Saying that, I pay attention to the gender division of labor too. That is, I focus on the platforming women, on the sharing or economy research agenda, on worker center studies. There are many studies out there, one among them by Howcroft and Moore, um, which has found only one or highlighted to the experience of only one female in a parcel delivery career. Uh, also, another one done by Kant on the liver of Brighton, uh, 15 males and one, one female. So what we're talking here, we're talking about this empirical exclusion, women being absent due to a sort of embedded and long-standing construction of economic as male and women's economic activities devalued or excluded from the essential category. Yet, curiously, over 16.4 million women worldwide find gig work through digital labor platforms, with many motivated by widely touted emancipatory platform possibilities for reconciling paid work and family. Another aspect found by Professor Al James, an economist geographer at University of Newcastle, was that women get mentioned less than 1% in the 9.7 million publication on digital labor, and he's counting. Saying that a little bit about the methods that um, I will use uh, in anthropology, non-participant and participant ethnographic Observations um, are the core of research, and the aim is to fill the gap in qualitative research that focuses more on the gentrification effects uh, 
created by IT sector in Siliconized cities like Cluj, Oradea, Timisoara, Brasov. Um, uh, these are all um, major cities in Romania. Contribution of the project is to visibilize gig workers who help maintain lifestyles of IT workers' elite living conditions, other production and consumption activities in the IT sector. More broadly, the study will contribute to the understanding of contemporary capitalists that attempts to discipline and extract labor from what may be called disposable bodies. This is a hugely important aspect of capitalism. In this vein, today's capitalist working environment um, dispossesses the workers of their uh, bodily and social capital contributing to their diminishing sense of social worth. Lack of respect and fairness and unfair allocation of um, resources in short increasing structural inequalities. So for this broader scope, um, the set of questions that I'll be asking include, what does it mean to be a deliverer or carrier when your manager is an algorithm that monitors you at every step and checks you, um, your every move? What does it mean to be a worker on the digital platform and to be part of this sharing economy, so-called? Are workers really their own bosses? And do they really work when and how much they want as the promise of the sharing economy goes? To understand the relationship, on the other hand, between gender and the gig economy discrimination, some of the gender-specific questions about platforming women night workers' experience will include those aiming to unpack the gendered invisibilization and precarization of, of uh, these platforming women. I'll be asking questions like, how does working on a platform reinforce norms and expectations that women perform certain jobs? And on the other hand, uh, a further um, objective would be to explore individual factors that affect these platforming women and the responses to invisibility and precarity. So the questions would focus more on the education, language skills, and badly capital influence responses to invisibility and precarity. So I haven't, I haven't given you a, um, a flavor of, of this project going through at a very high speed. I would like to uh, focus now on the unexplored middle. So the hidden part in, in this transaction between platform, worker, and user is the middleman and the 10% cut. Why is there a middleman when the promise of the sharing economy was that the workers will be their own bosses and in control of their freedom? But before answering that question, I'd like to take you through a day in S's life, S being his platforming woman, a ball driver, or alternative transporter in Orada, northwest of Romania, who kindly agreed to participate and um, help me with the with the, um, making um, this initial um, investigations into how she uh, arrived at this point and what she has done previously, what uh, constrained her to basically begin working for Bolt, uh, more specifically for being a part of a fleet um, organized by a middleman. Between 2002 and 2020, S and her husband transported Romanian migrants between Oradea, Romania, and Milan, Italy, in 15, 16-hour journeys. 2020 comes unexpectedly. She loses her husband, and the company handed over to her son. In 2021, she decides that she needs to look for other means to earn a living, so she registered as a bull driver in Oradea. Let me show on this map, um, which uh, listeners can can find on uh, ArcGIS story maps, 
uh, I show this long journey all the way from Orada to Milan, crossing the boundaries between the day and the night, coming back from Milan to Orada in a 15-16 hour uh, journey with a couple of stops, half an hour, an hour stop, she says, between the two points. So S is a woman in her 50s, and she goes and visits her 80 years old mother once a week in a nearby village. After losing her husband, S needed to find someone and work and earn a living. Uh, one day she learns from her mechanic that someone in town is hiring new drivers. And that's how S met John, who took her on as a registered driver on his fleet. One day and spent uh, by S with uh, as a bold fleet driver changes the equation completely because if you see the difference between those uh, experiences of 15, 16 hour long journeys to working on a two kilometer radius to pick up the orders that come through the app delivered by Bolt, um, she can fit in maximum four rides per hour if the city is quiet. In other sense, if there's high demand and the city traffic is good, she can pack in four rides. In July 2021, S switched from the long hours of international driving between Orada and Milan to offering alternative transport during the high demand or red coat time. One July morning, and days after Bolt opened for business in Orada, I hired S to take a colleague and myself to a village nearby Orada. As a Bolt customer, you hire the driver, pay a ride, the driver, pay a ride. Bold drivers like S offer this um, alternative method of transporting between taxi and car renting. The drivers register their car, and if they pass the 45-point test for Bolt, they begin working as a registered Bolt driver, pay all the expenses needed to maintain his or her car, and tax contributions. As a third party in this agreement, Bolt offers a good discount at the beginning to attract customers. So on this particular trip where I met S, I received 20% discount, S received the full fee for the ride, and Bolt took 20% cut from S. Everyone seems happy. Since opening for business in Orada, Bolt has been spreading like all other parasite platform companies, living off dependent and semi-dependent drivers like S. In larger cities like Cluj or Bucharest, these digital platforms arrived much earlier, and now the fleet owners spread beyond the city jurisdiction. Juliet Shaw, a sociologist um, that carried out a seven-year-long study in Boston, the U.S., and uh, published their work in um, a book called After the Gig, interrogates how big tech platforms extract large amounts of labor from gig workers through dependence, disempowerment, and inequality, and stark contracts to what was initially promised. The owners and investors in uh, widely used platforms such as Uber, Lyft, Postmates, and Airbnb make fortunes on the back of gig earners, many of whom are partially or totally dependent on this platform parasite. But this is also where the literature does not tell us about parasite middlemen, like the ones who are in control uh, of S's number of hours per day and per week. S says that John, the middleman, told her both my company and you will be fined by the regulatory body of labor in Romania if you work over the four hours. And we can't take that risk. And this is a, a screenshot that uh, S has sent me to, to show the price of a um, trip and uh, how she disconnects from the app. This is at the instruction of her fleet owner, uh, John, or the middleman as I call him here. 
And on this slide, you see an official blog by Bolt portraying this successful passion driver, Claudia, being 100% in charge of her schedule. For S, that's not the same picture. S says, well, at first I could put in as many hours as I wanted, but now I'm limited to four hours per day and maximum 24 hours per week. And after working four months, part of his fleet, he tells me we need to stop next week. I don't know anymore. Another day, S picked up a male customer who owns his fleet in Cluj. Same customer with which I opened this um, talk today. Conversation took place between them two. The fleet owner from Cluj says, I think you should open a limited company and work for me. So I was, I was now blocked, says S. I did not know what to say. I don't understand why John told me I must stop working for him. But this guy says that I could work for him in Cluj, registered with his company there. So if I could work on my own, it would be the best, says um, S. This middleman and their fleet uh, live on our backs. This guy from Cluj has, has um, even uh, more people in his fleet. He comes here to recruit drivers from Moradia to work for him, his fleet registered in Cluj. My feeling, says S, is that if I open a limited company, I will again go through a middleman like John and this other guy with his fleet in Cluj. They take their cut and it's still an odd case. So I must investigate to see how I can start on my own. After all, what we can see that S is not really her own boss, nor can she work as and when she likes. So why is the promise of being in charge of your own freedom and working as and when one desires or 24-7 still being spread as you see in this official blog by Bolt with Claudia, the person featured on this slide, and the passion driver in charge of her freedom? The short answer is because no one is challenging officially. So such companies can go on. If you, if you uh, click on the button, you can read the whole blog written by uh, on the Bolt official website. But meanwhile, the algorithms behind the platform manage digitally the orders and the drivers. Both drivers and their customers rate each other. S tells me that one customer cancelled her trip because she had to pay more than it showed on the app at the pickup point. She gave me a bad rating. My rating went down from 5 to 4.5. Although it was not my fault, not the fault of the driver, but the app. The Bolt application picked a GPS route that was more expensive for the client, but I got the poor rating, not the Bolt app. You know, some customers complained, why are the prices so high? Because you see, when there's high demand, the price goes up. One customer said to me today that he can only pay by card and he's left without any options. That's why he's using Bolt today. So he needs to ride with me. Prices have gone up since I first started four months ago. I'm sure about that. I would like to close this talk with some final remarks. The first is that the gap between the promise made by venture capitalists who vowed that sharing economy will bring a new way to work, that is freedom for the worker to choose the time she or he works and without the manager, and the stark reality of platforming is huge. Second, as long as the middleman exists, that is the double interface between the humans, users, and workers on platforms, and the machine, the algorithm manager of digital platforms, I argue that sharing economy will need to reboot, reload, and start afresh.
Finally, to end on a more optimistic note, the same researcher I've referred to earlier, Juliet Shore, and her colleagues argue that sharing platforms can build bridges and not only walls. Yet it is up to the people creating and using these technologies to imbue them with these values. As one of her respondents says, it's not the tool, it's the person that wields it. I promise. You've been listening to Nightwork Pod, a podcast about working the night shift. Nightwork Pod is produced by me, Julius Caesar Macquarie.